Gus's Mild Ale. Triple M rocks the ashes. G'day, it's Gus Warland here. Australia have taken a 2-0 lead in the ashes, but not before a courageous fight from the Poms. But in the Triple M Cricket Commentary Box, there was still fun to be had. So grab a Cooper's Mild Ale and enjoy our favourite pitch from day five at the Adelaide Oval. Starting with me, Murph Hughes and Mark Taylor. The lunch break yesterday, Tubby. Um, my top five was fantastic, Gus. You had a top five, oh, Murph, oh, your Ashes oh, moments. And it was all the sort of basically a 70-odd not out man-of-the-match performance by Callum, Callum Ferguson. Ferguson. Blew it. Um, another on mem- debut. Thank you very much. Ads, uh, 100 on the Ashes debut. Mark, Mark War here in Adelaide. And then number one oh. was this. But number one, and to stick with the Triple M commentary team, 1991, second innings at the Gabba, Mark Tubby Taylor. Let's have a listen. Got him! It's gone for a duck, a rare duck. I think it's his first ever duck in Test cricket in Australia for Mark Taylor. And Cork has done the damage with an in-swinger. Oh. And we brought Mark Taylor in. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> there you go. Now. Uh, yeah. So you're in tubs. Now, you have to stay quiet now, Merv. I know it's difficult for you because the right of reply goes to the Australian captain. I, I did come in for that rubbish. Um, uh, and Bill Laurie on commentary said a rare duck for Mark. That was my first one, having played for two years. So I went home, and as you should do as a commentator, do a little bit of research. Yes. So thanks to Anaconda, I've got a few stats here. Okay. MG Hughes, 53 test matches, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 70 innings, right? Yeah. Eight of them were not out. So dismissed 62 times. Ten of those times for a duck. Oh. So ten ducks. Actually, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's actually, I thought it'd be more. Be <laughs> so honest. did I. <laughs> so I'm pretty happy with if that. You, if your math is any good, that's 16.1% of the time and Merv that, got a yeah. duck in test cricket. So that's right? 16.1%? 16.1. Okay. MA Taylor, 104 tests, 186 innings, 13 not outs. So 173 times I was dismissed for five ducks. Oh. Of which you just heard the commentary on one. So if your mass is any good, that's 2.8% of the time. 2.8%. So if you compare those two mm. and you went to a game of cricket that had MG Hughes and MA Taylor in it, you're 5.75 times more likely <laughs> to see Merv get a duck than me. <laughs> now, Gus. And that's what's called Gus, facts. Gus, I did start from a long way back. <laughs> My first three test innings were ducks. Oh, mm. so okay. I did start. So I thought I I, I improved so I dramatically. Say, so you're only seven from six fifty-nine. So, so what was the possibility of seeing a five point seven five times? Five yes. times. Well, I, I can tell the viewers what they all the viewers, the listeners, what they already know is that if they had to come to a test match to watch someone take a wicket, I would have been a thousand times more likely <laughs> than you. No, you only got two hundred and twelve, and I got one. So it's two hundred and twelve times more likely. That's yeah, but you put 10 on that. <laughs> Merv, that, they are facts. And Mr. Taylor is resting in front of your honour. Thank you very much. Statistics are only 50% of the story, Gus. That is very, very <laughs> true. When you're losing an argument. <laughs> James Brayshaw, Mark Waugh and Greg Blewett. How many catches has Steve Smith taken in this series, please? He dropped a very simple one yesterday, but he's caught everything else magnificently for Anaconda. Get you onto that shortly as Starks away. Told me he didn't see that one he dropped there, son. Really? Son, that, that was a lob, and you're catching ones going 150 k. Yeah. That one just lobbed here. He said, no, I didn't see it. Did you drop any in your career? You're a beautiful oh, yeah. catcher, Junior. Yep. Did yep. you shell any? Yeah, for sure. How many? Oh, Not many. Half a dozen. All right. What I, happened with it? I reckon I dropped two off Dizzy in one innings in um, Sri Lanka, playing Pakistan. Yes, sir. Seven catches for Smith this series. Two, two games in, Bluey. Mm. That's good catching. And yeah. how many has the keeper got? Alex, Alex Carey got eight in the first. Yep. yep. 
I remember you dropping because you, in all seriousness, we take a lot of piss. You're a brilliant catcher, Jim. I remember you dropping one at Lords. I reckon it was off Dizzy in 2001. And I walked out and said, "What happened with that one?" Because there was a big rain delay. And you said, "No, nah, I just dropped it." Well, I tell you what, Dizzy was actually one of the more difficult guys in the slips to feel to because he just zipped off the pitch quick. So. Just got on you a bit quick. Yeah, I actually dropped one off Flemo somewhere. Oh, no. That oh, wouldn't have gone down he, well. No. Nah. He would have got real sooky about that. Yeah, day. he did, yeah. Were you, Tubby Taylor was a good catcher of the ball. Who, yeah, Tubby. Did, were you better than Tub, you reckon? Or? Uh, oh, God, I don't know. Like the base, Bluey. <laughs> but it's it's a good stat. The stat should be how many have caught and how many have dropped. Yes. I mean, that's the indicator of a, how good got- you are. I mean, luckily the stats yeah. weren't around in our day that showed that, I guess. But you know what? It's the it's the half chances that go down as a catch or they don't. So I used to get annoyed when I was the fielding coach and like a half chance would go down and then that would get recorded as a missed chance. But yeah. some blokes wouldn't even get there to get their hand on it in the first place. So that wouldn't go down as a chance. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Do you tell your fieldsman don't go for the half chances No, you look better on my resume no. as a fielding coach? No, go for everything. <laughs> no, I couldn't give a rat's ass. Right. But it's yeah. the some other people did. Yeah. You'd rather have a go and drop it than oh, not have a go. Especially in the outfield when you're running in. It was my pet hate, people who went. And you can oh, always tell, that. Junior, especially your teammates, if someone just pulls out, if it's a 50-50 catch. Mm. Come on, lad. Yep. Beautiful bowling, Gary. Extra 20 oh, high God. catches next morning, Blue, for that fieldsman. <laughs> Come on, go. Bob Simpson-like. Yes. Five for 86. Were you with the team when Bob Simpson actually threw his sunglasses up and hit the sunglasses <laughs> instead of the ball? <laughs> Might have been the Caribbean, was it? <laughs> <laughs> the brand-new Oakleys. Oh, no. yeah. The brand-new Oakleys ended up in 10 pieces. Oh, no. Just getting finishing the catching conversation, you also wonder how much bullsharking goes on in the memory. And I'll give you an example. Rod Marshall, we all love Bacchus, looks me in the eye, Bluey, and says in the 80 or whatever test he played with Greg Chappell, he never saw him drop a catch. I don't reckon that's possible. How I know many, Greg Chappell's uh, a magnificent How catch. many test matches? Oh, it would have been 70 or 80 they played together, wouldn't it? Never saw him drop one. Come on, Bacchus. No, no, I don't, I'm not buying that. That's. I'm not buying that. It's not possible, I don't think. Mind you, when you talk catching with Greg Chappell, he's got zero tolerance for any drops. Bluey, <laughs> there's no way you can drop a cricket ball. Oh, I would have been a tough fielding coach, I must admit. <laughs> but nothing drives me more mad than looking at the slips cordon where they're either too deep or too narrow. I hate that, but... I think, I, they, I think they're narrow here, though, Yeah, Drew, because, they're, because they're closer. They're closer. I said that to Steve Smith this morning, yeah. and he said, oh, we're closest here, but you're still too narrow. Go one, one away from Warner. And I think he has, actually. Anaconda, right? Yeah, Greg Chappell, 122 catches in his test career, ranks 21st all-time, but I'm looking up the list in fifth place, 181 catches, M.E. War. How, how many tests did Greg Chappell play? Greg Chappell, 87 tests. And June, what? how many? June, 128. I was, in, I was in front there for a while. I think Raul Dravid knocked me off, who I don't think is that great a catcher, Raul Dravid. <laughs> you know, he's got the old crocodile claws. Crocodile jaws. You just got to catch him, mate. Like that. Crocodile. <laughs> oh, Raul. That's not how we were taught. No. Either fingers either up or down. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. Triple M rocks the ashes.
Dan Ganane, Murph Hughes and Callum Ferguson. Ethan for Anaconda Ooh. Stats. <laughs> Narrowly avoiding their 50th duck of the year in Test Cricket England, but Ben Stokes batting out of uncharacteristically this year is his strike rate so far on the Ashes, 26.53 of minimum 200 balls face. That's his lowest ever in Test Cricket and the lowest in an Ashes series in 16 years since Jason Gillespie in 05. There you go. Jeez, the, the quality Ethan continues to bring. So what was that stat again? I turned off. It was Stokes's bloody slow strike rate. Oh, okay. You, good, you'll good be work, Ethan. Good you, stuff, you were going to do your own stat because you've seen on the scoreboard Nathan Lyon is now one behind Warren for most wickets at Adelaide Oval. In You're more two, interested in that. In two less test matches. Did you notice that? Well, I think our clickbait brigade behind the scenes, Hughes says Lyon better than Warren. I don't think I actually said well, that. Well, I think we can twist that a little, Merv. What? You are such a journalist, aren't you? <laughs> it's what the new a, world we live in. You're an absolute flog. <laughs> Callum. Well, you're just... You're very inconsistent with Ethan at the back there, aren't you? Yeah, I'm you? a bit like up and down. One minute you're on him, one minute you're uh, off. And then you swi- you're even switching off his anaconda stats. It's embarrassing from you, mate. Show a bit more respect. Sorry, Ethan. You've been fantastic this game, mate. Thanks, Merv. In my defence, though... I was looking at a stat on the scoreboard and not listening to him. So it's very hard for me to do two things at once, Cal. So what were you looking at, Merv? Well, they just had the most, the highest wicket takers at the Adelaide Oval. And Nathan Lyon has moved to within one of Shane Warne, so 56 to 55. And as I said, if you're listening to me, in, in two less test matches. So obviously you're not listening to me. I switched off when you Because you do not give a rat's about what I say, do you? New commentary team after this. In fact, we're going to have a drinks break, but uh, Howie, Ian Botham and Mark Taylor will take oh, you through the next half oh, hour. Oh, the big names are in. Big hitters. Hey. Heavy hitters. Of, we're just the entree, Mervyn. Oh, they're getting rid of the dregs and getting the super team yep, in. The main, the main right. course. I can't wait to listen to those blokes. They do talk a lot of crap, don't they? <laughs> Stones in glass houses, anyone? <laughs> People in glass houses, Cole, shouldn't walk around in the nude. What? <laughs> Just make that up. Mark Howard, Mark Taylor and Lord Ian Botham. Word filtering through as it's left alone outside of Stump Ian that you've got a fancy game of golf organised between now and the uh, next test match? Yeah, I've been uh, invited up to Cathedral. Oh, nice. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, just, just so people understand how Lords roll, as in Lords... Lord Ian Botham, how is one getting from Melbourne up to Cathedral, which is a pleasant two and a half hour drive? Yeah, and about 30 minutes in a helicopter. That's what happens <laughs> when you're a Lord, Tubby. A Lord Mark Taylor sounds good to me. Just pull up the chopper and away you go. Disturbing news coming through that the Lord went in the helicopter, but also the man of the people, one of the much loved Australian captains, because he had the common touch, has played a Cathedral. How'd you get there? I didn't know there was a road. Well, I just, a chopper as well. This thing came and landed on the Yarra and picked us up, and then, as Beefy said, 25 minutes later, we were there. <laughs> Never get the chance to pay a cathedral. Do yourself a favour. But, B, have the common touch and drive up there. Uh, Harry, I'll tell you, I was really looking forward to it. And then Punter yesterday showed yep. me the biggest brown snake yes. that I've ever seen. Uh, and he says, oh, there's quite a few of those. And as you know, I'm so fond of the reptiles in this country. <laughs> you deal with enough in this box, so you should be fine. Anything that goes in grass over okay. two inches high will be left. James Brayshaw, Greg Blewett and Isabel Westbury.
wry smile on the face of Mitch Stark. Didn't look like he was overly happy with that delivery. I think he's quite stiff. Yeah. Which is fair enough, frankly. He had that back issue coming out of his innings too, didn't he? So he's probably just needing a hot bath is. Mind you, need to be a long bath. Your conventional household bath is not fitting Mitch Stark in, is it? No, he'd have to have his... Well, it depends how, you know... No, his legs would be over the edge. It, but he, he, his bum would be on one end and his head would be at the other and his legs would have to come out and over the end. Come on, Mitch Stark, New South Wales home. He's got a tailor-made jacuzzi, surely. Well, that's what I'm saying. He'd have to surely. custom-made something. It is a problem for the talking yeah. dudes, though, no, isn't it? Exactly like, right. you know, sitting in planes that are... Yep. I think domestically they still travel yep. economy. And normal-sized beds, I'm sure, uh, the, the, the big feet would be hanging over the edge. Well, Alisa Healy, of course, is Mitch's wife, mm. and she is half his size, mm. isn't she? So yes. she's happy with a normal bath and a normal bed. She can't have either at home. Maybe they have a his and hers. Maybe. Yep, that would make sense. That reminds me, you talk about someone who's half their size, and you're talking about the uh, the Starks. Yep. I ran into Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, no. From the States. Rums. Uh, what a name drop. Yeah. <laughs> Just ran well, him, did you? Yeah. Well, I'm getting to it is because I was in, I was at the airport in LA, and it was quite busy, as you can imagine, and I was walking to, towards to get my bags, and there was some, I could see something ahead of me, and there was something happening. There was... Anyway, out of the crowd just appears this huge oh, yeah. dude, and it was the Shaq. Yep. And everyone was getting around him, and he was with his partner. I assume it's his yes. wife. Yes. So Shaq is what? Is he over seven, seven foot? Seven foot at least. Yeah. Got to be. And his partner would have been lucky to be five foot. Really? Mm. That can't be true. It's true. Opposites attract. Yeah. Mm. Truly. That's, so, that, that is amazing. It's also close to the worst place to spend an hour in in the world, LAX. It's a pig of an airport, isn't it? Mm. You'd actually take any flight you can to the States to avoid landing in LA. So is. Just found out the shack is seven foot one. Right. And his missus, five foot one. Oh, no. That can't be true. That is a cracking anaconda start. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Come on. Well, <laughs> that's something's they've doctored that photo. There's a photo oh, going around, but I don't know was they, them. Do they fit no, in the same was... frame. I reckon he's about twice her weight as well. Yep. Mm. Oh, he's a Whoa. massive dude. For Cooper's Wild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. Mark Howard and Mark Taylor. As I said to you previously, when Triple M were all excited to sign up Mark Taylor, I thought, yeah, he's a good line in length. I've seen him for years on Channel 9. He's very professional, very polished, and he's got great opinions. But I didn't know that you were one of the great entertainers that were obviously just playing the TV role beautifully. I used to love watching you on Channel 9, and those blokes are my heroes growing up, listening to all you blokes, and then Richie and Bill and Tony. What was it like when you first stepped into that entry box? Oh, I was a... Oh, I was a... I couldn't know what's the right word. I was going to say confronting. It wasn't confronting, but it was 
Um, you, you almost like you're on debut in a, in a test oh, match team. Yeah. How long out of the game were you when you first went in? First season. First season. First season. Straight into a test match? Yeah, pretty well. Did I you did roll it. out some mercantile mutuals first, or what happened? <laughs> Just a couple. Right. Yeah, well, I, I finished playing in January of 99. Yeah. Um, signed up with Channel 9. You had, to, you had to do that through Kerry first. So you had to go and have lunch with Kerry and had a good couple of of a Barney with him. And did he sort of give you a view of what he wanted you to provide? Not or? really. Right. I, I was waiting for that, but no, all he got because my opinions on the game and what have you, and then he said, well, um, and then we shook hands in, he said, well, maybe we could, you know, we might sort something out. And, oh, so that was a trial yeah, run, a bit that, of an interview. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Wow. So you got the tick from him. Yeah, I got the tick, so then it was Gary Burns was the, the yep. old head of sport. He, he then sort of says to me, oh, mate, you're right, you know, so we'll get down to the contract. Got that sorted. Then there was the World Cup. I think Australia played the World Cup, 1999 World Cup. Oh, yes. Um, so, did a couple of games from a studio with on that, and then oh, so that was in England, which they yeah, went on and win. Yeah, they yeah, they won. went on. I was over there for the final of that, um, and then the following season, I'm in the commentary box, you know. So for yeah, the first test, yeah, for yeah, for, and then well, for the first Mercantile Mutual, North right. Sydney Oval, you sort of you go in there to start with, and then yeah, then, then I'm up at the Gabba for the first test. Do you remember who the summer was? Who was out there in your first? Summer? No, it was it was Pakistan. It was when, because um, Gilly, remember Gilly got that big 140 oh, yes. at Hobart? Oh, with, with JL. Lang, with Lang, yeah. That was that was about my second or third test, I think, as a commentator. So do you roll in there nervous on the first day? Like, this is Bill, this is Richie, this is Tony. Yeah. And, and then Tubby. And it, that was the first bit. And then the second thing, I'm, I'm thinking, well, what do you do? You know, like, <laughs> well, what what really actually happens? You know, so then you get this roster. And Heels and I, Heels and I sort of joined together. You get your half hours, and we only got, like, one half hour every session. That's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> Not too many first up. So the roster is interesting because the young up-and-comers, you want as much airtime as possible. Mm. And then the senior ones are happy to rest on their laurels. They maybe don't want so much. So it's always a point of contention. But then there's those in the box that want constant airtime as well. So Yeah, well, see, it was a little bit different in those days. Was it? This was the first time that... The model had been, or not broken, had been tested. You, know, you had the big four, Richie, Tony, Bill and Ian. Right, so they were used to that. Income, heels and I, and all of a sudden it was like, well, how many slots do we give them? So it was only one slot per session. <laughs> and eventually one slot per session became you know, two in one Ooh. session. And that's when Greggy, Greggy was very protective. He would just walk in, see the roster on the wall yeah. and go, no, 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 that's not happening. And he'd cross, <laughs> cross your name out. <laughs> No, 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 that, that, that's going to be me there. So, oh, okay. Oh, look, I've got one less slot by the looks of it. So, And so as a former Australian captain, you didn't pipe up. You were just like, no worries. Oh, okay, fine. So, but, yeah, it, I, I think it was a bit of show because it didn't last very long. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure one of the producers or head of sports said, no, we're going to you know, go this way. Yeah, so eventually you get a few more slots and then you actually get a bit of, bit of on-air time. Oh, a bit of, of hosting. Oh, yeah. And that's when you get a little bit tight in the loins and what have you. And, <laughs> you know, and then it was a few years later, I, um, uh, I think I, I called a hat trick. Um, Peter Siddle? No, Glenn McGrath. Oh, I've Glenn done, McGrath. I've done two. Good on I've you. I've called two hat tricks. And, and it was one my, about my first year of ball-by-ball ball commentary. And there I was. And McGrath's knocked over, um, he knocked over Lara and I think maybe Sherwin Campbell. And I'm on this hat trick. And I called it and he got Jimmy Adams out, caught it back bad. And I called it and... As, as good as I thought I could. And then I thought, oh, that came out okay. And I said, McGrath's got a hat-trick, blah, 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 and walked off. And then, oh, half an hour later, Gary Burns, I said the, the head of sport at the Times, walks up and says, Tommy, said, that hat-trick. I don't even think I'll have to get Bill to dub over that. <laughs> and walked off. So and that was his way of saying it was okay. You'd made the grade. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so um, so that's how it's all started. But you just were slowly, slowly. It was all just learning on the job. That's all it was. We need to talk about Richie because he's such a fabled part of Australian sporting life and broadcasting life. We'll, we'll get through this over first. So tell us, what was it like working with Richie? That, that, that's something to be treasured, oh, I guess. One of, one of the great pleasures is it? and, and honours of my commentary life was to get to know Richie Benno, play golf with him, commentate with him, watch him in action. Absolute gentleman of the game. But, you know, not as straight-laced as everyone made out. Was he not? Oh, no, he loved a good time, loved a, as we... As a Billy Birmingham, the 12th man, loved the Chardonnay, loved, you know, loved going out for dinner, um, loved the cricket, just watching it, calling it, uh, being at it, uh, loved his horse racing. If he wasn't um, watching the game, he'd have his computer at the back of the commentary box. Yeah, so he'd have his computer at the back of the commentary box and he'd be checking all the horse racing around the world, have a bit of money here, a bit of Would money he? there, yeah, just to keep himself occupied during the day, but always kept an eye on the game. Um, Did he give you advice at all? No, or not? no he'd give you a look. Right. Occasionally, if you said something we thought was absolute rubbish, you'd sort of, sort of throw the, you know, roll the eyes back a bit, and I think, oh god, I'm talking absolute crap there. <laughs> and then, but occasionally, he'd, he'd lift the eyebrows, lift to say, and I, I think, oh, maybe I've told Richie something he didn't think of. And then you get a little bit of a, you know, you put, put the shoulders back and sit up more in your chair, you know. Um, I love this. He never told you how to commentate. Um, he gave me one piece of advice, which he gave, and he's the same piece of advice he gave to Ian Chapel, apparently. Um, I was calling a game. I was calling Warney's 99 yep. at, at, um, at Ho- um, Perth. And Warney knocked, Daniel Vittori knocks one out the deep and um, Mark Richardson takes the catch. And I said something like, Warren goes for it, looking for his 100, obviously. And I said, he goes for it. And Richardson's out there, takes the catch and Warren's out for 99. What a tragedy. And I'll leave it at that. I think that's not a bad call. Yeah. I look over Richie, who's my co-commentator. He says absolutely nothing. Gives me nothing. Mm. And I and then I got the producer in here saying, no, "Throw to a break, throw to a break." And I said, "Well, the Australia all out for four hundred and something. We'll be back shortly." I thought, well, "I wonder what happened to Richie. Like that was his job to pick up for my call and As throw to the break. You know, that's that was his job." Yeah. Um, no run outside of stumps. He waits until the next day. Walks up to me and says, "Mark, can I have a word?" Takes me into the green room or out the back. And just reaches into his jacket pocket, pulls out a note, and says, do with this as you see fit. I'm thinking, right. And in it, I open it up. It's like Mission Impossible. I'm waiting thing for burn, you know, in eight seconds. <laughs> and it says on it, um, tragedy. The top of it says tragic. It said, the Titanic was a tragedy. Thousands dying in Ethiopia every day is a tragedy. Shane Warren getting 99 is not a tragedy. So I said, oh, okay, right, I'm never using that again. I'll put that word right out of it. It's not, not a tragedy. It's obviously involves someone passing away. Yep. It's a tragedy. And Shane Warne didn't do that. Yeah, so anyway, I, I, I say to myself, never using that again. Well, one day it comes around, about three weeks later, a stupid Michael Bevan runs himself out for 99, doesn't he? Yes. And I'm on with Richie at the time. Yes. And I said, Bevan hits it, runs on, oh, no, throws it the stumps. Bevan's run out for 99. What a tragedy. <laughs> and it just comes out of my mouth and I want the word back, you know. And Richie gives me the look. Hey, the look. <laughs> and... I'm thinking, is that the look of you didn't listen to me or you're just a slow bloody learner? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't used it since? No, tried not to. And yet amazing, every time I hear, and commentators yeah. use it all the time. Yeah. yeah I, I think of Richard. Uh, if, he, if I ever hear the word tragedy. Um, and the other part of the story is I, st- I told that story uh, at, at Richie's wake and uh, Chaps walked straight up to me and Chap said, oh, 
He gave you that. He gave, <laughs> me, he gave me that card in 1983. <laughs> I just want to ask you a couple more questions about Channel 9. <laughs> the Bill and Tony thing. Was yep. it was it manufactured or was it real? That that beautiful on air chemistry angst they had. I, most of the time, just real. Occasionally, Greggy would lean over in a boring game and say, well, "We better find something to do here." Bill. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. <laughs> and you can just about bet that Tony would say something that you know would just get under Bill's nose you know, about some Victorian. You know, he might say that you know that. That Merv Hughes was a was a was a good little off off spinner or something. Right. Oh, oh off spinner? You're joking! One of the <laughs> finest fast bowlers in the world. And off he'd go, you know. So they were great like that, those two. But generally, most of the time, it was just it just happened. They just called the game. Bill Bill was just loved the game. He still does. I bet he's probably keeping an eye on this one. To speak, Bill um, always first man in the commentary box. Was he? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he would be, and he did very little in front of the camera stuff. So you know, it's like now how you yeah. with Fox, you come down here at three hours before the game, and you're rehearsing, looking at things, and getting a feel for what you're going to do. Absolutely, Bill would be the same, but he'd do nothing on camera. Right, he'd he just would. sit in the commentary box and look out. But it's amazing. I like to get here early-ish as well. I just I like to be here as well, just to see if anything happens, what's going on out there, who's who's hitting up, who's who's likely to bowl. So how have you found the transition to Triple M where the team generally arrive about a minute and a half before the first ball? <laughs> well, I just see them all come in, <laughs> count them in. I'm sure that Ewan will give me a job shortly, make sure everyone's here, you know. Um, no, it's good. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, sort of, <laughs> It's a bit more relaxed than when yes. I first started uh, with yes. Channel 9. What a privilege, though, that you know, you've done some amazing things as a cricketer, which is acknowledged, but the fact you can look back and say you've spent so many years in the box with Richie Benno, Bill Laurie, Tony Gregg, mm. Ian Chappell, you know, the pioneers at Channel 9 that, that still so many things, whether it's the stump cam or the style of commentary or the 12th man tapes that you were involved with intimately, it, it, a tremendous privilege. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 you, and it just keeps your love of the game going. That's what it does. You know, Chaps and I, I've... I've become very very good mates with Ian Chappell over the years. I've always knew him as when I played, but we started playing tennis together. Chaps and I still chat regularly now. We disagree on things, don't, don't get yep. me wrong, but it's always good debate. Sometimes they go to two or three in the morning. I, well, they used to <laughs> when we were a bit younger. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. Dan Ganane and Mark War. Can I bring up something I've observed? Jai Richardson, his appealing, excellent, because he hits the pad and he runs down the wicket for a good five, six metres and then turns around. Sort of has that authority about his appealing. Warney was a good appealer, wasn't he? Warney? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's a good appealer. God, he used to work umpires over. Does that a question, question or a statement? You ask me a question, or are you just telling me something? Well, I'm asking because you're the expert here. The question, I'm putting though? it out there. What was the question? Well, can we work on some players? They need to get their appealing. Like Alex Carey right. is too honest. Yeah, surprising for a keeper, but uh, yeah, I mean, you get like currently Ambrose. He didn't appeal much. He used to just run down the wicket. That's right. Think, if it was out, he'd, he'd know <laughs> it was out. He'd sort of just waggle his finger. And Richardson's got. Just a hint of that about him. You know what I don't like appealing? When bowls just run down without looking at the umpire. Like Stuart Broad, where they just run down the wicket and don't even look back at the umpire. If I was an umpire, I'd say not out. Based on... Disrespectful. (laughs)
Gus Warland, Murph Hughes and Isabel Westbury. Well, the one thing you can always be sure of is that when Stuart Broad is batting, you're not short of incidents. <laughs> well, he looked disinterested. He got through those three balls, could have got out twice, yeah. and then they caught over and he wandered off as if he was going for tea. He just made a beeline <laughs> back to the changing rooms, but the umpires well, were having none of it. Well, it was ten past seven. The only time he does walk. Yeah, <laughs> good point is. James Brayshaw and Greg Blewett. Now, Bluey. Yes. Once this game finishes, hopefully soon, mm-hmm. I pack my stuff up at the hotel. Right. I'm driving to Port Ferry. Yes, I knew that. That's six hours from here. <laughs> so, Blue Boy, hey, at the moment I'm on track to arrive at 3 a.m. Well, you're doing, you're doing it the wrong way. I said... Stay, have a couple of beers, don't go over the top, put your head down, refresh, wake up at 4 a.m. on the road. Bang, you're there by 10, and you've still got the rest of the day. Blue boy. As my best mate, what is the one thing you know about me? The shit house in the morning. That's it. So I would rather go now and just get it out of the way. All right, we'll be careful. Coonawarra down to Mount Gambier and... Us Portland. Oh, Bluey. I will see six as, hours. As I'm having my sixth glass of red wine tonight, oh, I'll ring you just to keep you up. You are you better? Mm. Not good. Have you filled the tanker? Well, that's half the problem. I had to go through what's it called? Testing site down at Vicky Park. Get yeah. the test. Yeah. And then I had to scream in and get a shower to go to the. 96 Shield reunion yes. that we went to, so yes. I ran out of time so, to fill on, my car on, you're up. Gonna, you're going to waste another 10 minutes filling your car up. Um, it's 4 o'clock. <laughs> isn't it? I'm arriving at 4. It's a complete debacle. Just back to your car and your petrol situation. Yes. You've had five days to fill it up. These games start at 2.30. Do you realise that? Bluey, so I you've had all morning. I didn't think it would go this long, so I thought I'd comfortably be able to get to Talem Bend and get myself some petrol, because i got more than enough to get there. Right. I just thought I had time. Shabby. I'm blaming Justin Lee. I didn't enforce the follow-on. <laughs> Game would have been over yesterday. James Brayshaw, Greg Blewett and Mark Taylor. Ethan, for Anaconda, the stats. Joss Butler hit wicket first. Ashes hit wicket in 16 years since Shane Warne in 2005. Warne? Who would have... Warne used to get pretty deep. (laughs) In the crease, I mean. (laughs) I was thinking that. Well, that's how you tread on your stumps, by going deep. Tub, were you playing when Gooch handled the ball? Yes. Mm. Yeah, at Old Trafford. 90... Oh, yeah. he is, picked up something then. 89 or 93. I've been 93. No, 93. Yeah. Because I was there. Yeah. I was there. And that was weird Proud. because Merv, and he still winters about it, and, and rightfully so, Merv doesn't get accredited for a wicket there. He, he bowled a good short ball to Gooch, hit him on the gloves, bobbed down, would have bowled him. Gooch knocks it away with his hand. Yep. He's out handling the ball. It's not accredited to the bowler. But he did get lucky with something else, Merv, I reckon. I've got a bit of a problem with his hat trick. Right, over, over a COVID two innings. Yeah. That's not fair. And the, and so he, gets, he got two wickets yes. with his last two yeah, deliveries yeah. of the first innings, yeah. and then got a wicket with his first ball of the next innings yeah. and gets a hat trick. Yeah. And was that. If, I, if Tub, you're 99 not out in the first innings, and then you get a single in the second, you're going to get 100. No, it's two. The other thing with that 
I'll say this quietly because I don't know where he is, the big man. <laughs> was that LBW hitting? I always thought it looked high. Which one? The, f- the first ball of the next innings. No, not out. Always, oh, it always um, looked high to me. To Greenwich, yeah. was it? Yeah, good, yeah. Greenwich. Because yeah. oh. Wacker. Yeah. And Merv is not known for pitching up no. either. No, that's so, what That's what blew Gordon away. He couldn't believe it was no. somewhere in his heart. Anywhere near. High and going down for mine. Yep. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes.